Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and to learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As a mother, wife, and former CEO, I will share lessons and stories of personal and professional successes and failures. Join my co-host, Al Smith, and me as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your professional and personal growth. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Boss Lady Podcast. I'm Al Smith here with Teresa Rand, Teresa Rand Consulting, and of course, the the head founder and CEO of Boss Lady. Yep. How we Hello. Doing? Welcome yeah. back. Another yes. week. Another, another week. episode. Another episode. Another, uh, another good guest. Me. You are uh, on to something. Yeah. We're, <laughs> the, I'm. Again, You're I'm always excited, but I'm thrilled. I looked. I decided I was going to say I'm thrilled and quit saying excited all the time. Although I'm still excited, but we have a great guest. We have two yeah. guests tonight. Yes, we do. One local, and actually the local connection is a friend of mine and um, runs a nonprofit. We'll talk about, and that explains why we have the guest that we have. So, very but cool. Before before that, we talk about boss lady career cultivators. If you're a uh, um, Listener that listens all the time, you can hit that little button that says 15 seconds, 15 seconds, and get to the meat of the podcast. But I'll if you're a brand new listener, we can tell you about Boss Lady. Boss Lady is started out as a local group, and now we're, uh, obviously, COVID pulled us online, so we do a lot of virtual work. Everything that we talk about, you can go to TeresaRandConsulting.com and find out about the Boss Lady Movement. It really is an organization that brings like-minded women together to embrace each other, empower each other, and educate each other. We do a ser- an educational series, and we're just there for each other. We support each other no matter what our business is or what's going on in our personal life. Not everybody uh, is working outside of the home. Some have children that they're raising. Some have children they're raising and they're working from home and they're teaching school and all of those things. And it's not really a networking group because it doesn't matter if we have four lawyers and three real estate agents. We don't care. We don't believe we're in competition with each other. We're here to to support each other in all the ways we can. And to that point, I'm going to say, at, mm-hmm. at your your last live event, your first live event in, in, a, yeah, in a long in a time. Yeah, I was just, I kind of walked in a little, I was fashionably late. I, was, you know, <laughs> I know, right I almost forgot time. to introduce was, you because yeah, I, I didn't there, see but you. When I walked in and things were already going, it's like, Man, there was this engagement going yeah. on. There's like people yeah. were, and I saw people didn't know, know each other introducing, and, and it was just a you know, really, um, I think engaging is the right yeah, word you just used. Made me think word. of that. It was yeah. really um, so recommend people get yeah. out, ladies right. get out, support that. And was, look us up because if you're not in Daytona Beach or the Volusia County area, you can certainly join us online. Um, and it's an inexpensive membership group. It's $25 a month. Um, we do quarterly memberships. So it's not much of an investment to get to know some pretty powerful and uh, women that will become friends like my, my one of my guests tonight. And then we have Career Cultivators, which is a private Facebook page. And that's just a f- safe place where we come together every week and we talk about our jobs and our careers and 
you know, are we wanting to, to change our career, wanting to start a new business? And once a week, I do these small little trainings, usually no longer than 20 minutes. Most of the time, they're 10 to 15. And this week, Al, we're talking about dealing with difficult peers. Hmm. <clears throat> I've had a few of those in my career. How about you? Yeah, one right now <laughs> as we speak. I've had some difficult peers. It, it's one thing to have difficult bosses because you have to make a choice. You know, you stay or you go. I mean, because the boss is the boss. Uh, and I'm not talking about anything unethical, but we have difficult bosses. But when you got a peer, sometimes it's, yeah. it's a little hard to navigate that. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And That's I've, funny. I've had that. a few. Yeah. I, I don't know if I heard a sermon or read this somewhere, but it was basically talking about how um, God kind of puts those people in our life for a reason. And we've got to, rather than trying to get away from them or to uh, conquer them, is that we've got to learn to deal with them and accept them and, and work through it. And uh, anyway, that was yeah. just recently That's heard that. It, I struggle with that. So I'll try to narrow it, keep that training to 15 oh. minutes. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I can. <laughs> But we'll try. I want to take my first instincts, take them down. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. right. Show them that right. I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where's Some, Pastor Katie when we need exactly. her to come and do her monthly uh, spiritual talk, which she'll be, she'll be back next week after this one. Katie will be back. Uh, for you new listeners, we have a pastor on once a month, Katie, who gives us a spiritual thought. And um, they're usually pretty eye-opening. Bobby and Al always sit here, just nod our heads like, mm-hmm. yep, you're talking to us. Yep, you're talking to us. So, but I have a really cool random thought of the day. You ready for it? I'm ready. And as always, it it pertains to our guest, and this is actually a quote. Well, it'll make more sense in a few minutes. But it's uh, the quote is "Get away from the it is what it is attitude, and move towards it is what I make it." Yeah. I'm the world's worst at saying it just is what it is. And I read that. And I was like, oh, wow. That's a new way of saying it. And it's by A.J. Andrews, which our guest Ashley and Meg will talk about when we come back from the break. Yeah, we'll be right back. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. Together, we are cultivating your personal and professional growth. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com today to find out more about this movement. All right, welcome back. All right, good to be back. So what's next? We're going to actually, I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine, first and foremost, um, and I think we met through the boss lady. If I we I don't Absolutely. think I knew you before that you through boss lady, familiar with your organization, which is Girls on the Run, that we're going to talk about. But let me start by reading Ashley's bio a little bit. She is the director of development and outreach for Girls on the Run of Northeast Florida. Ashley has an extensive background in professional and volunteer experiences, including Girls on the Run of Volusia County, Pace Girls for the. Pace Center for Girls of Volusia Flagler, Agency for People with Disabilities, and Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University. She served as the Executive Director of Girls on the Run for Volusia County for four years, which recently merged with Girls on the Run of Northeast Florida at the end of 2020, and now serves as the Director of Development and Outreach. As she enters her fifth year with Girls on the Run, Ashley remains steadfast in her belief that inspiring girls to be joyful, healthy, healthy, and confident can change the world. 
Ashley and her husband, Michael, have two fantastic young adult daughters who are grown and have flown the nest, and they live in Port Orange, Florida. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. And you know that I have a Girls on the Run kind of history. When they first came to Jacksonville, um, they came, reached out to the Y, and this has been 20 years ago now, I guess, as I think back, because I've been here 12. And uh, so my good friend and I were big runners back then, so we coached one of the first little girls groups in Jacksonville. That's great. Uh, some great memories of those children and um, the stories and the work that we did, having them run. And, and it's not just about running, right? That's Tell us right. a little bit about that. Well, it, Girls on the Run is a national nonprofit dedicated to creating a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. And really, it's a, at Girls on the Run, we celebrate physical movement, not just running. Girls can run, walk, hop, skip, dance their way <laughs> um, across the finish line at the end of season 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, the message is just about learning to move forward. Yeah, and I know I the little girl that I ended up buddying with was the final, final, final runner to come across the finish line. And I had to beg, plead, and cry to get her to finish. But when she crossed that finish line, every other little girl was there with their parents. And I don't know who started crying first, her or me, but to this day, I can close my eyes and see the smile on that child's face. When, you know, half a block later, I thought I was going to have to pick her up and carry her to finish. I'll I'll never forget it. She was probably 10 at the time. So it's magical what happens to their confidence. If you leave our celebratory 5Ks without tears in your eyes, we need to check for a pulse. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful celebration. It really is. Great celebration of girl power. And what I love about it, obviously I was was a runner for years. Now I do yoga. My knees and hips won't allow me to run like I used to. But it's a lifelong sport, and you're Mm -hmm. just teaching girls. The curriculum is about just being a good person. That's right. And the physical aspect is part of that. You know, they get to, you know, we know, and I don't know the exact statistic, but I do know that girls around 12 and 13 years of age, that's when they are more apt to drop out of sports. And if we can keep them engaged in physical activity, it just team sports, individual sports do so much for for a young woman's, or young man's confidence. There's, you know, um, did you play sports growing up, Al? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually lifted weights through high school and college. That's right. I knew there was, yeah. Never know by looking at me now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important, right? It's ex- oh, you learn so many profound things. Profound in my, yes. yes. And I know my husband's going, you don't even like to watch sports. And he's right. I don't now. I could really care less. But right. I, I still believe in the value right. of our young people participating in sports. So Girls on the Run is an amazing organization. It's all over. Is it just the United States? It is in the United States and Canada. It's an international organization. That's what I thought. And then there's local councils. Right. Okay. Yeah. And our council, or are they all in schools? Do you get all your Most of the time, typically, the program is after school. Most of the the sites take place at local schools, but we do have some non-school sites at 
local parks, um, the housing authority. Oh, great. Um, yeah. We're hoping to get some of the Boys and Girls Club and Food Brings Hope, which yeah, is another local another charity, charity, and expand so that we can reach more girls. Great. Well, we're here tonight to actually talk about one of your fundraisers, and um, that particular fundraiser is called Luna Fest. And I just heard about Luna Fest, although it's been here, I think you told me today, 11 years, but I I just heard about it probably three years ago, I guess. And um, I look forward to it every year, and it's coming up. So tell us what Luna Fest is, and then that'll lead us into our our uh, other special guest, Meg. That's right. Well, the history of Luna Fest in 1999, Luna was introduced as the first nutrition bar mm-hmm. for women, and their mission was to create momentum, champion women, and to encourage change. Their vision was to fuel women's ambition in their bodies, and that vision inspired the company to create LunaFest in 2001, the women's first traveling film festival. Excuse me, the world's first all-women traveling wow. film festival. And so LunaFest has been in existence for 20 years, and they celebrate powerful and diverse women filmmakers and for the last 11 years, this has been one of our largest fundraisers. All proceeds benefit Girls on the Run of Northeast Florida, specifically for program scholarships. Right. Because we're very committed, we never turn a girl away for her family's inability to pay for our program. So these fundraising dollars are always critical. And right. this year, they are more critical than ever. Absolutely, absolutely. And the series of movies, you buy a ticket... Because it's all virtual this year, right? Just like it was last year. That's right. We have a second year of it being virtual. So once you buy a ticket, you will be given a website, um, a link, and a password specific to the buyer the day before. You have 48 hours to watch the films. And this year, there's something different. Um, Historically, we've had seven to nine short films that are for a mature right viewing audience and this year there are a lineup of films specially curated for our girls on the run audience for films and one of the bonuses of that is there is an interview with our guest meg schutzer and um aj adams yeah and meg AJ andrews about aj is yeah aj aj andrews aj andrews allison i called That's you allison right. we call <laughs> all, all these a names. all these a names but, um, yeah, so Luna Fest is, last year, I watched several of them more than once. Because they're all short, right? They're That's less right. than 20 minutes? Um, so less than, usually they're between seven and nine yeah. minutes. So there's seven films this year, and they're between seven and nine minutes. Some are as long as 13. Yeah. But they're just, you sit there and go, oh, oh, I need to watch that again. Absolutely. Because it's so fast, but the messages last year were so incredibly powerful. Um, so, yeah, I, how do you get a ticket to Luna Fest? You go to our website, okay. which is G-O-T-R-N-E-F-L dot org. And that stands for Girls on the Run of Northeast Florida. Yeah. So let me say it again. Yeah. G-O-T-R-N-E-F-L dot org. And on the carousel, on that landing page, you will be able to find information about Lunar Fest and purchase tickets. Perfect. And shameless plug, uh, I sponsor very few events, but I am sponsoring Luna Fest this year on behalf of Teresa Rand Consulting. Absolutely. Because I 
firmly, well, everybody that knows me knows I believe in women's causes and women's issues, but my charity, my personal charity of choice is Girls on the Run. And so I'm sponsoring Luna Fest this year. I'm thrilled to be able to do that and um, know that this, I can tell you, this money literally buys shoes for these kids to be able to run. So uh, I could talk all day about that. But anyway, so tell me how we how we connected to Meg. She's going to do an interview, you said. That's but- right. So we um, we had a great virtual event last year, and we did not want to have just another virtual mm-hmm. event. People are getting, um, you know, they're ready to, mm-hmm. to virtual have, doubt. That's right. Yes. Yes. For virtual doubt. Zoomitis. Although for films, is yes. sounds yeah. fine. Yeah. So we have a great relationship with Cliff Bar and um, Luna Bars, and I called my contact there and said, hey, what if... We did something a little extra. And so she sent me the filmmakers' personal emails. And as I was looking at that list, I thought, man, I'm just going to go for it. My first uh-huh. choice is to reach out to Meg, and I'm going to see if she would be willing to be on your podcast. And then um, those that ticket holders have an opportunity to purchase um, another opportunity with Meg and that's a Zoom call on Sunday night um, an exclusive Zoom call with Meg and so I reached out to her we had a call and I found out um, just this kind of amazing gift and that is that Meg is an award-winning filmmaker and an investigative reporter, but she also has a history I know, with Girls I know, on the Run. She was that. a Girls on the Run coach. It was meant to be. It was it meant, was to, meant be. to be. So with that, I am going to introduce our other guest tonight, and her name is Meg Schutzer. Meg is an award-winning documentary filmmaker. She has a BA from Harvard and a master's from UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. See, guys, I just keep finding smart people, superstars. Meg, we yeah. have a we have a joke around here that yeah. I have a lot of smart friends, and see, there we go. I and got I another don't. one. <laughs> Where her work was recognized with the Reva and David Logan Prize for Excellence in Investigative Reporting. Her documentaries have screened on five continents and have won numerous awards at film festivals, including the PBS. Real South Award at the New Orleans Film Festival in 2019. This year, she is part of the first ever If Then Short Film Distribution Fellowship for her forthcoming film, Eight Days at Where, W-A-R-E. When she isn't chasing down a story, you can find Meg teaching video classes at San Quentin State Prison or spin classes at the 17th Street Athletic Club. Just that last sentence, I could do a whole podcast on. Right. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about all that. But Meg, welcome. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun listening to you all so far. And um, to be a part of anything having to do with Girls on the Run is a huge honor. So I'm I'm very glad to be here with you. Great, great. So tell us a little bit, Ashley um, alluded to it, but tell us a little bit about your history with Girls on the Run, because I love these stories when the stars align, right? They do, yeah. Um, it's not um, a history that sounds very different from the story you told. I was Um, I had a buddy and we practiced running. She was from the town of Pescadero, which is about 45 minutes south of San Francisco. It's an area that's um, a farming community Mm -hmm. and they have a small school with not a, not a big athletic program and girls on the run is one of the opportunities that kids have there. So I, I would go down and we would do our 
girls on the run practices and then they all got to come up to San Francisco for the 5k in the city. And it was just the, the story you told um, sounded so familiar. We did lots of things other than running, skipping, dancing, it was just uh, climbing trees, taking breaks. Like I did not think we were going to ever, but it was just amazing. The, the pride when, uh, when these girls finished and when we got there. So, um, I love that organization and that work and the idea that a movie that I've made is being used to support um, Girls on the Run is just, it's such a dream. So yeah, I'm, I'm it's really awesome. happy about it. Great. Well, thank you for that because the girls, I don't think they'll ever forget those experiences. They may forget our names, but they won't forget those <laughs> yep. experiences. So the film that is part of Luna Fest this year is called knocking down the fences correct or just knocking down fences yep. knocking down the fences. that's yes. what i thought i had it unfortunately i wrote it two different ways on my paper and i thought knocking down the fences so tell us a little bit about the film and then how did how did you get to know aj andrews and many people won't even know who that is unfortunately so can you give us an overview and that's that's why I made the film. Yeah, <laughs> um, there you yeah. go. So the backstory is that I, um, I guess in 2015, I finished um, my first documentary, which was about a girls' soccer team in Zanzibar, which is an island off the coast of East Africa. And um, I had that in some film festivals. And um, because I had done a story about women's sports, um, some friends of mine met. AJ, or maybe they've heard her speak on a panel and came back and said, you need to make a movie about this woman. And like many of you, I had no idea who AJ Andrews is. Although if you're from Florida, I feel like softball is a, a bigger sport there. Right. Some, some of us may have heard of AJ Andrews, but she is a professional softball player from Florida. And she's the first woman to win the Rawlings Gold Glove, which is an award that has been given to Major League Baseball players for decades, more than 50 years, uh, before they ever gave it to a woman. And AJ is the first woman to win this award for her unbelievable fielding skills in yeah. baseball. Like if you, um, if you watch the movie or just Google her name, you will see her fly through the air to catch these balls. Literally fly through the air. (laughs) Yeah. And so my friends had seen her on a panel, I think, and they came back and said, you have to make a movie about her. And I was like, well, who is this? I don't care about softball. (laughs) You know, I I had some questions. Um, But I, the more I read about her and there were some articles online, it was shocking to me that I didn't know who she was. And it seemed like, AJ Andrews should be a household name. We should grow up knowing the name AJ Andrews. And the fact that we don't seem to me like the result of the way the mainstream media covers women's sports and women's stories. And so I, I felt like there was a gap that um, certainly needed to be filled. And, and I didn't know if I was the one to do it, but I gave AJ a call and she was really excited about the idea and has so much to say, has an absolutely just amazing personality and character on on screen and even just on the phone and so I knew right away that she would be the great she would be a great subject for a film and um so that was kind of the origin but um I was very lucky to get to help tell AJ's story 
Yeah, and it's a great story. She's she just I mean she shines through the film literally. Uh, in her story. In well, her, she goes through the fence, literally. She literally <laughs> yes. goes through the fence. That's right. Breaking yeah. down the fence. Yeah. She knocking down the fence. She does. There's no, <laughs> there's nothing she seems to be afraid of. And that's what she says. She just goes for it. And then watching her work out in and of itself, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was amazing. Um, and, I, you know, I, I had the privilege of watching a clip of it and I sent it to Al and we talked about it. And, you know, it's just, you know, there's the whole thing, and Al and I talked about it, that we don't see as many women's sports. And I, I believe that's slowly changing with the mm-hmm. soccer, the women's soccer. And, you know, and Al and I were talking, it's really about advertising. The, the media follows the money. The advertise, you know, is it's chicken or the egg first. If you don't put women on, they don't watch them. But I, I do believe that's slowly changing. And it's because of people like AJ and people like you that will help tell that story because we know there's got to be money. There's got to be advertising. That's really what, what it's all about. But I thought AJ did a good job of talking about, I guess her boyfriend's a professional baseball player, yeah. and, you know, how he makes enough to make a living, but and Al, you made a great point. There's so many athletes that don't make enough Man. money to make a living. Uh, so it's, it's a complicated, complicated uh, story, but, she does a beautiful job with it, and you do a beautiful job showcasing it. So Thank if you. you have not bought your ticket to Luna Fest, tell us one more time, Ashley, how do you buy it? Because they're, what, 20 bucks, 25 bucks? $25. Yeah, $25. So. It's, a, it's a great um, and very affordable night Absolutely. in. Have a watch party yeah, with in. four or five people. Good night in. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're so good. I'm actually going to be with my mother that weekend. Perfect. Um, so uh, that'll be uh, be fun to watch because the the movies make you laugh, they make you cry, cry, they make you think. Absolutely, they make you think about issues, and and like you said, there are some that are for more mature audiences, but they'll be labeled that way, right? So if you're watching with your teenage daughter, you'll know. Well, there's younger um, daughter. Yes. Well, when you purchase a ticket, we make it very clear. Okay. That yeah. they these are for adults. There's always one that's super edgy, and yeah. so really, it's for you know seventeen and up. Yeah. And I'm so excited this year that there are four films, especially curated for um, kids. Yeah. Of great. all ages. Good. So G O T R Girls on the Run in E Northeast Florida dot org. Yeah. Or go to Teresa Rand Consulting. This episode will drop, and you'll get, yeah. you'll get the link. Absolutely, to do that. Thank you, Meg. I do want to switch gears, if you don't mind, just for a moment, for you to tell me about the video classes you teach at San Quentin. What what is yeah. that about? Yeah, so I live in the Bay Area, and um, just across the Richmond San Rafael Bridge from where I live um, is one of California's state prisons. And when I was in graduate school at Berkeley, there was an opportunity to go um, teach a class. They have a great media program there um, where there's a um, a newspaper that's run by people who are incarcerated. And um, there's, the, I don't know if anyone's heard of the podcast Ear Hustle, but it started at San Quentin. Yep, and it's a really popular podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a great podcast. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. And a lot of the guys in that podcast ended up also being in um, my video class. So I was a grad student and signed up to go. Uh, I think I signed up to like edit the newspaper or something, but there was a lot of interest in video. And 
um, that's what I had experienced in, in experience in and what I was studying. And so um, a few of us started working on teaching this class and we worked with the guys that were in prison to kind of figure out what was most interesting to them and what they wanted. And they would come bring story ideas and then we would all work together to produce that story and kind of learn as we go about story structure, about camera skills, lighting, kind of both the technical and like the journalism side of things. And it was so much fun. I haven't been able to go since COVID, so it's been about a year, but um, a really meaningful and fun part of the week for me to teach that class. That's awesome. That's really good. So pre-COVID, you were physically going and teaching. Yeah, I was going every Monday. We just finished this really fun cooking show (laughs) um, using kind of what you can buy in the commissary to make sushi or like tamales or like very kind of intricate dishes with really um, resourceful cooking skills. So we had a lot of fun. I have a close family member in prison and I know how creative they can get with their food and things. So that's, that's such great work. And uh, thank you for doing that, being able to reach out. And then you teach spin classes. We know what that is. I have a Peloton (laughs) bike. My husband rides it more than I do. I I like my treadmill, but um, yeah, so you just do a whole lot of things, but we are thrilled to have you part of our Luna Fest. And um, like I said, I did get a preview of the film and it's it's awesome. Yeah, let me ask you. So, Meg, how how long does it take? Oh, like how much film yeah. did you have to? I know nothing Great about question. doing your part, but I mean, I just when I watch this thing, it's like, well, how much? Because it almost seems like almost harder to make something shorter than it is to make it longer, right? So you've got to get to the point yeah. in a hurry. So how much? How much? I mean, how much filming and editing goes on with something like that? So this particular film is like a horrible example. It's a real anomaly because I went to Louisiana um, for two days and shot with AJ. And I thought I was just kind of getting, we're going to do an, it was an initial trip. And oftentimes when you're fundraising for documentaries, you have to have some content to show donors or, you know, when you apply for grants, kind of show them what your idea is. And that was, the point of that trip and I came back and I was like I think I have enough to like let me just see what I can do with this it was it was for it ended up being kind of the right thing for that moment I think easily someone could make a feature length film about AJ she's got a lot to say but um oftentimes people are shooting for much longer these projects take a really long time this was just kind of uh, this is definitely an anomaly, but you can spend, you know, weeks in production for a short film and then you have lots of hard decisions to make yeah. about what gets cut. It can be very sad <laughs> to yeah. lose those favorite moments. But And how many people yeah. do you uh, do you have with you when you do something like that? How many? Um, it, it really depends. For this, I went with a friend from high school and um, that was it. It was just the two of us. And again, I thought, you know, this is just going to be like an initial shoot. Um, but I typically kind of the stories that I work on often are one or two people. Um, and more, I think, I think of the team, um, for my project often as like the subject is, is a decision, like a collaborator, Uh at least in a lot of the projects I've worked on. I'm curious what like the subject of the film wants the story to be about thinks is the most important thing. That's not always the case, but, 
um, I usually work, you know, pre- with a pretty small crew. And I think most documentaries are the ones that you would see on like Netflix and things like that have much bigger teams. And if you watch yeah. the credits, they roll for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've That's noticed not, that. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe I'm one still, day. I yeah. think you're well on your way. Yeah. I think you're well on your way. What is your forthcoming film, Eight Days at Where? W-A-R-E. I spell it my southern accent. I don't know what I'm saying. Tell that's me. That's a hard one to say. You, you said it right. <laughs> Tell us what that's about. Can you give us yeah. a preview? Sure. It's um, it's a really different kind of subject. It's an investigation of a juvenile detention center in mm. Louisiana. Um, and it's a, it's a story about... Um, there were the the death of two boys at this facility and mm. over the course of one weekend back in 2019 trying to figure out what happened and who was responsible and also to sort of honor the life of these two boys so a lot of the the film is with the family oh wow um yeah so it's it's a a really different kind of story but felt really meaningful to me and i've been spending the last two years or so on that project and really digging deep into this particular facility. So hopefully that'll be out in the next, you know, at least the next year, if not okay. ideally sooner. And that will be a longer film. These aren't all short films or are they? Um, that will also, it'll be um, about 26 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and there's going to be an article that goes with it. Yeah. So are all your films yeah. done in the South? I mean, this is called the Real R E E L South Award, and you talked about AJ being in New Orleans, this one in New Orleans, and yet you live in San Francisco, right? So. Yeah. Um, no, that just uh, really happened somewhat randomly. Okay. That the last two projects I've done have been in Louisiana. Oh, okay. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what's next. I'm not wedded to the South, but I have spent so much time. So much time in the last few years and really love it. So who who knows? All right. Who knows? Well, you are welcome to come south anytime you want. Thank you. All right. Well, thank Appreciate you so it. much, Ashley. Thank you for this brilliant idea you had to bring Meg and, and we get to know her prior to the movies and the films coming out on March 27th. That's right. 27th is, and 28th. Yep. And thank you, Meg, for days. being open to this and being as excited about okay. it as I am. And yeah, thank you as well. We always end our podcast by uh, using a saying that my grandfather used to say to us when he was alive, and he always told us to take time to stop and smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care. Take care.